the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin. Great to be with you tonight. It's the Pro-America Report. We have another great show. You're going to want to tune in for all of it. Very interesting, very interesting um, piece uh, by a woman named Kelsey Bolar. She's a journalist over at The Daily Signal, and she writes about the uh, uh, a feminist... A famous feminist uh, writer who for decades wrote for Cosmopolitan Magazine and others, and she kind of left that movement, and for the last 15 years she's been a convert to not only uh, conservatism, but I think uh, to one of the Christian faiths, and uh, faiths. And she's uh, Sue Ellen Browder is her name, and, and so Kelsey uh, Bolar has gone and interviewed her, and he's going to talk about that, because here's the punchline. She basically talks, this author, this um, uh, well-known writer who's in her 70s now, and she says, they taught me how to write propaganda. And she explains it. It's very, very interesting. We've been talking for a long time about how the fake news is uh, destroying the country. Well, this is someone who tells you that it was a plan. It's a plan is in there. So you got that to look forward to and a lot more. So great to be with you. Now, listen, do me a favor right off the bat. Make sure to do me this favor. Go over to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. You'll see it kick through to lots of stuff on the work we're doing, the writing we're doing. And get yourself signed up to get my daily email. You won't regret it. I promise. It's called The Daily Wink, What You Need to Know. And if you go to ProAmericaReport.com, you can sign up there because I want you to know, I want you to know, to understand what you need to know. That's the number one goal here. We're going to start off the show every time with that, as you know. And so we will talk about that now. Let me let me um, preview a conversation we're going to have with John Schlafly. He's got a column this week, but I'm going to talk about something else because there is a movement now. Nancy Pelosi and others are about to file a bill that would remove, that would basically gut all American uh, law enforcement. It would end the ability for us to have law enforcement. Why do I mean? It's not defund. Defund police is a terrible idea also, but it's sort of transparently dumb. What are you going to do? You're not going to pay anyone? In this case, what they're doing is a much more indirect way to make it impossible to police. And that is, and Nancy Pelosi is joined in this case by Justin Amish, who used to, he's a congressman from Michigan, used to be a Republican, now is, I think, a libertarian. And he's just, he's got a lot of wacky policies. But but here's what they would do. Very sneaky, very clever. Remove the doctrine of qualified immunity for law enforcement. What is qualified immunity? It means that you're able to go out and be on the front lines of really dangerous situations and you can't be sued by an individual and then have your home taken. You know, in other words, you can be sued if you do something outside of the box and something outrageous and that does happen. But in general, it says, hey, we're going to ask you to be on the front lines of something really dangerous. We're not asking you to take a job where you deliver milk or you, uh, you know, write books or you're a movie camera, a television cameraman or something. We're asking you to be on the front line of something special, representing us law enforcement in a way that keeps us safe. We're going to give you qualified immunity so you can do that. And Nancy Pelosi, Justin Amish and the left are saying, we'll get rid of that. Very sneaky, because the minute you do that, you end the blue line. Two things happen immediately. Normal people never want to become in law law enforcement, period. It's not worth the trouble or the risk. 
And number two, policing immediately changes to, I'm not doing anything. I'm going to stand back here and let them burn everything down. I don't care. I'm not getting involved. So it's a disaster. And well, I'm going to preview that because I'm going to talk to John Schlafly about that uh, in a few minutes. But let's get to what you need to know. What you need to know today is very, very important. It's, it's really at the heart of what is going on. And you just need to understand that it's, uh, it, you know, we're watching a million things going on. I'm sorry. I'm trying to make sure that I've uh, I got this quote for you. We're watching a million things going on in our community. And, uh, and at the end of it all, what you know and what you can tell and what is happening is really important. Well, let me stop and, and, and get one more thing in here. I, I've been telling you about the Pledge of Allegiance, right? And I want to reiterate to you, I just got a text from one of our listeners. Uh, make sure that you are going in and you are doing the Pledge of Allegiance and, uh, and that you are paying attention uh, to, uh, to what is happening, all right? Because that is, it, it, it's catching it's moving on. People are starting to be uh, attuned to it. So that was a text from somebody. We do. I do the Pledge of Allegiance every day when I do my Periscope. I do a Periscope before the, the uh, show uh, each day. So if you want to go to my Twitter feed, at Eagle Ed Martin, and check that out, you can. All right. So what do you need to know today? Well, besides that important Pelosi and Justin Amish thing, which is one of the two things I want to tell you, I want to split it today. Uh, the second thing I want to tell you about is the Flynn case, General Flynn's case. What has become clear in the last 24 hours is the unity of the media against General Flynn has been joined by the deep state, which we knew, and is going into fever pitch. I was reading a New York Times article, which is probably a mistake because it just makes you crazy. But I was reading a piece on General Flynn and they just lie. They actually state as facts things that are not true. And the reason why they can do that to General Flynn is because it's very difficult to get defamation, uh, to get a defamation lawsuit against someone who's a so-called public figure. Remember the Covington High School kid uh, who was targeted? His name I won't even say because I wish his name wasn't so slandered. He was able to sue CNN because he wasn't a public figure. He was a guy at the pro-life march. And they drag him through, dragged him through the mud. But because General Flynn is a well-known public figure... To prove defamation, you have to show uh, malice, uh, malice in your in the intent, malicious intent, malice at least, and that's hard to do. The standard is just so much harder because they can just say, "Oh, we were sloppy in our writing and all," but they just lie over and over again. And I guess what I want to tell you, and what I want you to know, what you need to know today is the media is picking up steam now. They're getting not just worse, but they're getting more vicious. And, you know, we mentioned, I mentioned in one of the periscopes, there's a, there has been very little coverage of the fact that in judicial nominations in the last about six months, we've had U.S. senators target Catholic nominees and ask them questions about whether their Catholic faith would get in the way of their work, about their, their job, and, and specifically on issues of conservative doctrine, abortion, marriage, and, and by name being targeted by these senators, Booker, Cory Booker did it, Chuck Schumer did it. But here's the point I want to make. The media is not covering the things that are really wrong. That's really wrong to do that. It's against the Constitution. But they're also uh, ramping up these vicious attacks on people like General Flynn. So you put these two things together and you have the media, they're, 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 they're leading people to believe things that aren't true. And then coaching them on being upset about it and then not covering things that really are wrong, really are bad and really are problematic. 
I guess, you know, we're going to talk later on the show, but I guess what, what you really, what you need to know and what you need to focus on, and I, and I, look, I gave you the example of, uh, of the, uh, of the Pelosi, um, uh, Amash plan to, uh, to take, uh, uh, qualified immunity away. That's not being covered. I bet you hadn't heard that until you heard it from me. That's not being covered by the mainstream media, what that would do, how dramatically that would change things. They're not interested in telling any of the truth that's not furthering their agenda. It's an extraordinary moment. It's an extraordinary moment. And, you know, later on in the program, we'll, I'll ask this uh, young um, author, Kelsey Bovar, about what she thinks she, you, you know, what, she, what, what her uh, subject of the story she wrote, who was in the left, in the left wing media for years, decades, what she thinks we can do. I want to know what can we do? Because what you need to know is the media is distorting what's going on and trying to drive us crazy. But what you need to do is the next point. How do you change your behavior, whether it's consuming news? How do you change your neighbors and friends and families' uh, consumption of news? How do you change the behavior in a way that can break us out of this? Because if we can't break our way out of this, we're, we're getting into a time where we just keep getting our message, getting the message pounded into our heads. It's a terrible, terrible thing. It, it's, a, it's a real threat to what's going on, and we need to be aware of it. All right, uh, let us take a break. When we come back, uh, we will uh, talk with this young uh, writer, Kelsey Bovar, about her story and a lot more. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. And uh, I've been interested in this story, and I'm really grateful that we have Kelsey Bolar. I might be mispronouncing her name, Casey Bolar, who's over at the Daily Signal. She's a senior writer and producer there and uh, is also a senior policy analyst over at the Independent Women's Forum and at Kelsey Bolar on Twitter. You can follow her. And she she uh, covered a piece that is really, really interesting because the title is She Wrote Fake News for Cosmopolitan and Now Regret misleading women on feminism and it's a piece that she wrote that analyzed a recent interview and then over the past years i guess uh a very well-known uh, writer who wrote for cosmopolitan magazine her name is sue ellen browder and she wrote there and she was young and this is uh, years ago now and she describes what they were making her do in terms of writing as propaganda so first of all let me welcome you kelsey how are you today hey ed i'm doing great thank you for having me well, it's great to have you. And, and um, um, Kelsey, when you read this piece, you're a writer yourself. You know, you're a, a policy analyst. So you do all this kind of stuff. A- had you heard of this, um, of, of, of Sue Ellen uh, Browder and, and her experience? Because I had not. I first heard of Sue Ellen Browder through her book. Uh, it's called Subverted, how I help the, uh, the sexual revolution hijack the women's movement. It's really an incredible, uh, well-written book. It combines her personal journey uh, with the history of the feminist movement, the women's movement. And she talks about how uh, the, the early original feminists were actually very pro-life at the time, and the movement ended up getting hijacked by a bunch of uh, pro-abortion, actually two men, to be honest. They weren't even women. Uh, and, and it hmm. really changed what we now know to be the feminist movement. And she, uh, throughout that time, 
played uh, an eyewitness role in uh, how this hijacking occurred as she wrote at Cosmopolitan and under the direction of her editor was literally taught how to write fake news and propaganda to further the ideas of the of the sexual revolution uh, that you know, sex without consequences is uh, the path to women's fulfillment and happiness. And now later in life, she's come to regret that and come clean about her part in uh, this hijacking. And she tells that very compelling story in her book. I could not recommend it more. If there's one book I encourage young women to read to learn the truth about the feminist movement, it is her book. Uh, And I tried Mm. to uh, just capture only pieces of her story in uh, this article and accompanying documentary video that I featured her uh, in The Daily Signal. We're talking with Kelsey Bolar, and we're talking about uh, Sue Ellen Browder. And so she did an interview. It looks like the interview is more recent, right, with the Daily Signal and, and your, your operation. And the, the quote I saw that was so compelling, she said, propaganda is very sophisticated. It's half truth, selected truth, and truth out of context. And then she, she goes on a little bit later in, in, this, uh, conver- in the conversation, and she said that... Um, that the propaganda is intertwined in everything they're doing. In other words, you don't always beat them over the head with it. You do uh, you do it um, uh, kind of by intertwining it into things. Well, you know, what is it? Um, how do you how do you compare her experience? You know, it's a year decades ago with what you see on TV now and on, on CNN or, or or cable news or anywhere else. Well, I, I think she you know, is more accurate in the way she describes what fake news is. Fake news is the popular toy, current popular term that we have coined to the, mm-hmm. to describe what really is this complicated propaganda filled with, as she said, half-truth, selected truth, and truth out of context. So when you read the main, uh, mainstream media, uh, you know, uh, coverage of President Trump, they might have gotten, you know, a, a quote from him correctly, but they very likely took it out of context. And that context, of course, is very important to the truth of that story. And, uh, you know, it, it, she, she tells the story. I, I actually, I, so I traveled to Sue Ellen Browder's house. She now lives in uh, basically middle of nowhere, Wyoming. And she still has the original handbook that the editor of Cosmopolitan gave her, which taught her how to write these these uh, selected truths, half-truths, on behalf of uh, Cosmopolitan. And let me give you one example so you understand what I'm talking about. Um, a lot of the stories of the sexual revolution, of course, were coming out of places like New York City and L.A., where women were having promiscu- promiscuous relationships and so forth. But the editor of Cosmopolitan told her instead of placing those women in cities like New York and Los Angeles, instead place them, you know, in the middle of Iowa or Missouri to make it seem like uh, these behaviors are more common than we think. And by in doing that, when women are reading it, 
they're thinking, oh, well, everybody's doing this. It must be normal. There must be a lot of truth to it. These women must be really fulfilled and happy because they look beautiful on the cover of Cosmopolitan. And all these quotes from them are, uh, you know, reflecting this very happy, fulfilled life. So everyone must be doing it. It's fine for me to do it, too. And so that's actually something that the editor of Cosmopolitan taught her to do. And so it really is lies, but it's more complicated lies because they might be rooted in a small truth, but then exaggerated and distorted to make these uh, stories and, and behaviors appear far more widespread than they really were. Uh, we're, again, we're talking with uh, Kelsey Bolar of the Daily Signal. Uh, and, and Kelsey, uh, when you read your piece, um, one of the things that struck me was uh, th- that, that um, th- she didn't she did this not for like a few years. She was writing for like two decades. In, in fact, into the 90s, she started in the 70s. She was a, a young journalist. I think she graduated from University of Missouri Journalism School, late 60s. And she kept writing. And then in 1994, she finally sort of leaves that work. So it wasn't like she did an apprentice ship and noticed it. She was in that trade for all those uh, years. What does she say we can do besides not believing anything we read in the paper or in a magazine? What is, does she give you any advice on how to sort of uh, cut through the propaganda? Well, yeah, you really have to give her a lot of credit for coming clean about her role in writing propaganda, what we might call fake news, because she is a very talented writer. You'll learn that if you read any of her books. And she walked away from this movement because she uh, it, it took years for her to realize all the lies that were being sold because they were being sold to her, too. She thought uh, working at this high-powered job in New York City would lead her to happiness and fulfillment. And she actually, along the way, got duped into thinking abortion was okay. And it wasn't until later in her life when she converted to Catholicism that she came to regret all this. And she came to see the real truth and the damage that uh, she had contributed to in in writing for these women's magazines, such as Cosmopolitan, because what she says is it, it really all comes down to money. So these women's magazines still to this day sell, ha- have to sell women on, on the idea that they need uh, beautiful hair, new clothes, new nail polish, birth control, uh, dieting pills, and all these things in order to be happy and fulfilled and beautiful. And after walking away from Cosmopolitan uh, and, and converting to Catholicism, she came to this great realization that, of course, no happiness or fulfillment will ever come from anything of material value. It will come from her. It will come from faith and God and family and being a, a productive member of your local community. That's what she is now doing. Uh, she lives a very different life than she did back when she was writing for Cosmopolitan, and she is trying to do her part to empower younger generations of women, myself included, to tell the truth about the history of the women's movement. Uh, you know, a, a lot of conservatives are divided on whether we should reclaim the, the F word feminist. Uh, some conservatives mm-hmm. say it's a lost cause. Others, like her, think we do need to reclaim it because historically, 
feminists were pro-life. They were pro-family. They they were fighting for the right things. And we've really uh, enabled the the liberal, uh, radical feminists to hijack this movement and sort of have this revisionist history on the truth of what this movement really was rooted in. And, and Sue Ellen Browder thinks that uh, pro-life feminism is the real feminism because you should not have to choose between uh, having having a family, having children, and having a job. Really, in in 2020, there's no reason women uh, can't have uh, can't or shouldn't be able to have them both. You shouldn't have to be told that you either need to give up your children or give up your career. That's a very hmm. toxic and anti-women message. Uh, and so she she really believes that we as conservative women need, need to reclaim the truth of the feminist movement. Hmm. It's a fascinating piece, and she's a fascinating character. Sue Ellen Browder, uh, and uh, check out the piece by Kelsey Bolar over at uh, Daily Signal. Thanks, Kelsey, for the time. Uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a minute. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Time to talk to our old friend, Dr. Brett Decker, and catch up on things. Welcome back, Dr. Decker, the New York Times bestselling author, of course, and a professor at Defiance College. How are you today, sir? Well, I'm great. Uh, I, for the first time in months, I went out to lunch, had a hamburger, and I... I, I it was just kind of an amazing experience, you know. Had a well, that's a trip. Yeah, was out a, in the booth. Is is it had a colleague had a out, colleague with me? I I forgot what it was like. Did you go outdoors or was it indoors? It was indoors. Yeah, Ohio is a little. Uh, they're opening up a little faster than some places. Um, so were you wearing were you wear were you wearing a mask or no? You know, I didn't. I figured the. Wearing a mask when you're at a restaurant, I mean, how do you do you just roll it up every time you stick your fork in your mouth? It seems, <laughs> seems a little awkward, right? Um, I what, guess, one thing yeah, I do like, right. though, is suddenly plastic straws are back in everywhere because you're like, oh, you want me to touch that glass? <laughs> so I, I, oh, that's I'm true. kind of that's in a true. good mood. And, and this is just like a greasy spoon diner, you know, like omelets and well, hamburgers thought- and all that. But it was like the best meal I've had to, in, in memory. Well, and I thought, though, I thought that the burgers, I thought the beef was like being uh, held hostage somewhere or something. You actually got a burger? I, you know, maybe the beef was like four months old from before the lockdown. You know, it tasted <laughs> good, though. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, listen, I wanted to ask you this question, Dr. Decker, because you are yourself a prominent uh, a man who knows history, uh, politics, but also is a uh, well-known, well-regarded Catholic. And I wanted to ask you about this um, situation where um, the Archbishop Vigano, who was once the ambassador to America from the Pope, from Pope Benedict, has come out and written this letter sort of in defense of President Trump, but more describing this battle between good and evil in kind of nearly apocalyptic terms. I mean, so what's the context for this? I mean, are, are, are normal people that are either Catholic or not Catholic are looking up going, well, what's happening here? There's a, the Archbishop of D.C. is is kind of is, is complaining that uh, President Trump went to the John Paul II shrine to sign a religious liberty uh, executive order for international religious liberty. And then Vagano weighs in. What's the st- what's going on here? 
it's yeah, it's pretty um, it's pretty unprecedented. This kind of what it was, you know, he was a papal nuncio to the United States, and uh, he you know he wrote this open letter, just basically here's my opinion on things, and um, uh, I mean it's pretty it's pretty shocking. But I think what he's doing is he's seeing how politically left these uh, bishop appointments and cardinals from Pope Francis are, and they're they're overtly partisan and political on the left, right? So they're mm-hmm. coming out and some, like Pope Francis, all these bishops are taking a knee for these riots and everything. And Pope Francis called American bishops and like congratulated and encouraged them for doing all these things. And uh, mm-hmm. Archbishop Wilton Gregory in, in Washington, um, who's a very shady character, by the way, like when he built this two and a half million dollar palace in Atlanta and then got busted, and think how scuzzy this is. The master bedroom, this is for a bishop, supposedly celibate, and, this, and he, he designed the whole thing. It was built from scratch. The master bedroom had is like a six- or eight-person hot tub. Like, really? a member of the clock. That. That's just scuzzy, right? So what, what's going on there? I don't even want to know. But then he was forced to right. sell it. So Archbishop Gregory, who's the Archbishop of Washington, remember, we have two cardinal archbishops in Washington in a row, big scandal, who uh, was laicized for being a predator. And then um, Don, I almost said Donna, Donald Whirl, which in clerical circles they call him Donna for various reasons. So we have two archbishops in a row, very scandalous. And now Wilton Gregory, hot tub Wilton, and he told, you know, he instructed his priests in Washington to go to the the protests against the White House and wear their cassocks, right? The long, long black gown that priests wear. Um, and he's known for it. In, in the cassock in, in Catholic circles, right versus left, the cassock is known as being traditional. So liberal priests usually don't wear it. If you wear a cassock, you're known for being more conservative and more clerical. Wilton Gregory is known in the past for telling priests not to wear cassocks around him. So the fact that he's ordering them to wear cassocks, protesting against President Trump, it's just, it's just for media, right? Oh, look at all these holy priests out there saying the rosary against the White House. Or whatever. So I think, I think uh, Vigano or Vigano, I think his letter is letting Trump know, hey, there are a lot of Catholics, including in the hierarchy, that support you. And even though the Washington, Archdiocese of Washington has been occupied territory for 25 years by the far left, a lot of people, including a, a, a prominent nuncio like himself, is like, look, you're doing the right thing. And a lot of people, not only in America, but in the world, depend on you. And I was talking right. to a, a priest friend in London recently, and he just said, I wish we had a Trump in England. He's like, he's right. the only person standing against the wind talking truth to the global which uh, the archbishop talked about in his letter too, right? Forces of light, mm-hmm. forces of darkness, good and evil. So I think he's just saying, look, there are Christians, there are Catholics that support you just because the worship does not alone out there. Keep it, it up. Keep doing what you're doing. Pretty is interesting. The, it, it, yeah, is, the, is this the kind of thing, it seems unprecedented, as you point out, we're talking with Dr. Brett M. Decker. Is it the kind of thing, though, that would have happened in other times, but you wouldn't know it because of the technology? You know, you can release a letter to Twitter and it becomes uh, in the news and therefore it's known. I mean, is this, in other words, is the, is the disagreement amongst uh, leadership, um, is, it, is it uncommon? Is it uh, common? What is your feeling on that? 
Well, I think, you know, just like in culture and just like in America, the opposing forces in the Catholic Church are getting getting hardened and getting more distinct than they ever were. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so you, you do have two sides, you know, um, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, who, whose side are you on? You're one or the other. There is no one Catholic Church as far as things go, as far as policy or anything anymore. So just like America, right? To say there's one America, you have to be pretty creative, you know? So um, right. I, I think it just reflects this, this um, these hardening positions. And right, what do people have in common on the right and left in the Catholic Church? We're nothing to do with doctrine. Just like what mm-hmm. does someone in New York have to do? You know, what do they have in common with somebody in the, in the heartland? Almost nothing, right? So I think... I think this is kind of reflected. Uh, Church-state church, has similar divisions, I think. Uh, we're talking with uh, Dr. Brenham Decker. Let me sh- shift over. I ha- realize that I haven't talked to you since last week where the jobs numbers came out, where they um, were the... Um uh, where the uh, uh, they I, you know it's not good numbers it's still a lot of unemployment but they were a dramatically different um, uh, or dramatically different numbers than they expected what what did you make of it you know I, I I think what's interesting about the job numbers you know they're they're looking good and that's with three major like the three biggest cities are still on lockdown Los Angeles uh, largely on lockdown Los Angeles New York. Um, in Chicago, at least based on the data that, that was released, right? They hadn't started to open up yet. Now they are. But imagine the job numbers if, if the whole country's open and back to work. And I think that's, that's what's promising about it is the numbers were better than some people expected, and those were still on just incomplete, um, in, incomplete opening, right? A lot of partial opening of the country. So, um, right, if we, can get, if we can get the country opened up, and then consistently work on this, you know, maybe you do have a, a fast rebound. I think the thing to worry about are these permanent business closures that were just too damaged by um, the one-two punch of uh, coronavirus and then riots in the country, right? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's hurting a lot of people. So who's going to close that's not going to reopen, and then what happens to their employees? I think important questions. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Dr. Brett M. Decker, as always, thank you for your insight. We appreciate it. Dr. Brett M. Decker, a New York Times bestselling author. Appreciate it. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a minute. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. A piece in Harvard Magazine listed out a bunch of values that students miss out on when they're homeschooled by their parents. The purpose of the article was to convince the federal government to pass major reforms, essentially outlawing homeschooling for most families. The author of the article wrote, quote, It's important that children grow up exposed to community values, social values, democratic values, ideas about non-discrimination and tolerance of other people's viewpoints, end quote. This list of missing values sure sounds convincing, but that's only at first glance. Let's break down what the author is really talking about behind all that academic doublespeak. When she writes about community values, she's talking about the global community as defined by the globalist at the United Nations. 
When she writes about social values, she's talking about the so-called comprehensive sex education, misleading our kids by saying safe sex with lots of partners is the best way to live. When she writes about democratic values, what she really means is the warped view of our nation espoused by the liberal Democratic Party. When she says ideas about non-discrimination, what she really means is ignoring the terrible consequences of same-sex relationships. When she talks about tolerance of other people's viewpoints, what she really means is tolerance only for the views held by the leftists in academia. The elites at Harvard Magazine and the National Education Association may be terrible at teaching our children, but they sure can run a great marketing campaign. The language they use is flowery, but there's a sinister motive behind it. Like so many other government-controlled industries, their entire goal in life is to consolidate their own power by taking away ours. Their lofty platitudes can't disguise the fact that they're coming for our children and our right to make decisions for our children. The only way they win is if we don't speak out and fight for our rights. So don't be intimidated by their well-rehearsed talking points. We have the right to make educational choices for our children. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The traditional family is the building block of our communities and country. That's why it's imperative to support strong marriages, respect fathers, and champion stay-at-home moms. At phyllisschlafly.com, we oppose the liberal attempt to redefine the family. To join us, visit phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. I am telling you, the assaults on humanity continue, and this one's getting close to home. You may all realize, and I've talked about it before, but let me do it again. My, my, my grandma, my grandma's maiden name was Mitchell. So our family on that side, we call them the Mitchells. On the Martin side of the family, there's the Mitchells. And there's lots of famous Mitchells, including James, I think it's James P. Mitchell, who was the labor secretary under Eisenhower. But the most famous Mitchell is we call him a great uncle, uh, but he's I think he was my grandma's cousin. And I'm not sure you get to call someone who's your grandma's cousin a great uncle. But that's what we did is Thomas Mitchell. Thomas Mitchell was one of the greatest actors in the Hollywood era from about 1935 through 65. About he was he was in almost all of the major successful movies. He I mean, that's not true, but he was in lots of them as the as a supporting actor guy. He was um, he, he won an he won an Oscar. He won an Emmy. Uh, he, he won uh, all the kinds of awards and he was very famous. And so he was Uncle Billy in It's a Wonderful Life. You know, the Uncle Billy character. He was Des in uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, the journalist guy. He played uh, Doc Boone in uh, Stagecoach, the movie. That's what he won the Academy Award for. He was he before Peter Falk uh, 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 played Columbo. Uh, Thomas Mitchell originated that role and he was on Broadway. He was all over the place. He was extraordinarily successful. But one of the famous roles that he was uh, known for and is known for is Gone with the Wind, the immensely successful film adaptation of uh, Margaret Mitchell, no relations, book uh, God Gone with the Wind. 
And he, Thomas Mitchell, plays the father of Scarlett O'Hara. Remember, if you remember the movie, he he is killed jumping over a fence on his horse. He falls off his horse and dies. And it's a big uh, pivot in the movie uh, or, you know, a major. Uh, it was a scene. But he was in before that. He's in the movie quite a bit. Well, if you can believe it, Gone with the Wind is being taken out of circulation, I think, by HBO. Is it HBO? Yeah, it's HBO. And they were goaded into this by some protester, some writer who said, you can't have that on there. It was, um, let me see for make sure. Um, yeah, it's the guy who wrote 12 Years a Slave. His name is John Ridley. He wrote an op-ed and he said HBO needs to get rid of Gone with the Wind because it's uh, it falls short of their standards. And because it depicts uh, some people in the era of the, of the uh, slave era positively. And so more importantly than his claims, he's right to he's allowed to have his claims. I got no problem with an American having a right to have his claims and say them out loud. No problem on either front. His opinion is American. In other words, you're allowed to have an opinion. I don't agree with it or I don't have to agree with it. But here's the thing. HBO just drops it, pulls it out of circulation. And it's, you know, it's uh, HBO Max is what it's called now. I don't know what that means. It's uh, it's the uh, it's the division of HBO that has controls these classic films, I guess. Um, so HBO is pulling down uh, the uh, now yesterday we watched. Uh, if you saw this, I saw the story this morning. But yesterday we had um, uh, down in Richmond. The, the, the so-called, you know, protesters got violent at the end of the protest and pulled down a Christopher Columbus statue. Uh, it's a metal statue, but they soaked it with something, tried to burn it and then throw it into threw it into the lake nearby where it was. Uh, so Christopher Columbus is now not, you know, not even it's not even marginally discussed about his you know success as a in, as a uh, explorer. It's just that he should be torn down and thrown away. We get rid of Gone with the Wind. I mean, it is crazy. It is crazy. It, this is crazy time. Uh, General David Petraeus takes to the pages of the Atlantic magazine, retired army general who was uh, unceremoniously pushed out because he was having an extramarital affair during which, as I understand it, at least reported that he was uh, allowing his paramour to uh, get access to his to classified material. Uh, be that as it may, he has taken to the pages of the Atlantic to say it's time to uh, change the names of our, our army bases based on political correctness. Again, I'm not against the debate, the conversation. My point is, are you watching the fever? The fever of people who who are are doing things. The, the Worcester, Massachusetts police chief laid down in front of the protesters with his hands behind his back, like in cuffs, laid down. Now, again, I saw the depiction of some people, I think cops, maybe washing the feet of some of the protesters. Well, that's kind of got a biblical reference. It's, to me, it's kind of a, a more, a more of a, a eye catcher because you're like, whoa, what's that about? I'm, I'm actually all for people uh, meeting and doing things and having do. But the idea of laying down in front of the protesters, if you're the chief of police, even, uh, you know, even the most uh, hardcore protesters, they got to look at that one and go, man, they got that guy to do something that nobody expected. You know, Jimmy Gagliano, who's a retired FBI agent uh, who's over on CNN and a very impressive guy who I met when I was doing a, doing my uh, tour as a commentator on CNN. Even he wrote about that one. I mean, not even, but he wrote about that one and said, look, and Jimmy's very careful not to um, critique other uh, law enforcement uh, he does it very careful, very carefully, very deferential. 
it took him a couple of years and some of the really damning uh, revelations to say, okay, Comey was not, you know, was not on the up and up because he was just he's, he tends to be very, uh, you know, kind of by temperament, slow to uh, to uh, to crit- criticize uh, uh, broadly. And he said about this, the police chief in Worcester, uh, that it was a crazy move. So, uh, you know, at this point, the fever pitch, we got to break the fever. We've got to have leaders that are willing to say, hey, you know, um, we don't want people to die. We don't want we want accountability. Fine. But do you really want to get rid of uh, qualified immunity and have no law enforcement? Do you really want to demean people in a way? It doesn't make any sense. It's gone out of control. All right, we got to take a. Uh, we got to wrap things up. We got to do our thank yous. Thank you as always to our great technical director Noah and Joanna for helping book the show. Don't forget, visit theanswersandiego.com to find out more uh, of what we're up to, and uh, and also the great Andrea K show, and support our great sponsors and uh, partners there because it's a great community uh, getting the word out. You know, when I talk about what can you do in the face of such terrible uh, media manipulation, well, one of the things is listen to the Answer San Diego and go to our website, theanswersandiego.com and uh, find out more there. So we'll be back tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We will talk to you then.